welcome to the Bridegroom Speaks podcast with Laura Ercolino. In this episode, Laura talks with Hope's Garden spiritual advisor, Father Michael Stalla. When you tell the story of what God has done in your life, you focus in on the activity of God, how it is that God brings you the healing. And of course, this is all shrouded in the requirement that you needed to be healed. There was a brokenness that came to be with. That's not really the primary point of your story, is it? What I've learned is the primary point of my own story is the shift in my perspective. When I look at only what was going on, what was happening to me, what I was experiencing, it just pulls me back down into the mud, into the pit. But when I look to see how was Christ at work in all of this, where was he with me, allowing him to sanctify my memories, then it totally shifts and it's, it's empowering. Like it, That's what helps to overcome that victim identity is seeing um, that all along we are empowered to shift how we are seeing and thinking about what we are experiencing when we are united with him, that that's through his grace that then we can do that. And he lifts us up out of the pit, you know, out of the, out of the abyss. He shines his light. You know, a lot of people sometimes they, they want to hear about ghost stories. They want to hear about tragedies in the world. They want to hear about evil. And uh, sometimes people even ask me, hey, Father, I bet you've seen a lot of stuff. And I always try to say, you know, that's, that's not what I'm about. The witness I want to give is about the good, the holiness, the hope of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, of course, we all got stories about all kinds of stuff. But what am I going to focus in on? I want to focus in on what is my primary mission to bring Christ to others. So I kind of leave out some of those details, not so much because I think they're unimportant. They're certainly important to the backstory of where I came from, where I need Christ. But because that's not what I came to bring you. I didn't come to bring you the dark. I came to bring you the, the light. Yeah, I, when I think about, you know, there's a, there's a lot of pieces to my story, a lot of parts of many, many years that I don't really talk about or focus on. One, just because personally, I don't like to focus on it anymore. I don't like to think about it. I like to focus on what I'm for, but also just to protect my children. And there's things that I find are not so important anymore. And you used to say this to me, that at some point you'll find that that darkness isn't important, that those details are not what you're going to talk about. And I used to think, are you kidding me? Like, this is my whole life. How am I not going to talk about this? But I, I see that now. And what I, the way that I think about it is, as I speak to people about what the Lord is, is doing and has done and my healing and how he's brought me out of the darkness, that I don't need to paint a picture of the darkness because we've all been there or we are there. You know, we know what that dark, dark night looks like. What I want to help paint is the picture of God's light on the canvas of that dark sky. And he just paints the Milky Way for all of us. If we allow him to remove the scales from our eyes to shift the way that we are seeing to see as he sees, then we can see that even in the darkness, his light is there and it's beautiful and radiant. But it was a process. It was a process. It was a struggle. It took a lot of working, a working relationship with Christ, cooperating with his grace to be able to see that light, to be able to shift my thinking and my perspective. So a lot of things that work against us, trauma, the lies from others, the lies just from that society tells us about that we're not enough and um, that victim identity. There's a lot working against us, but Christ has overcome all of that. And so if we are focusing on him and what we are for, 
it's not that the struggle dissipates like that. It's just that he gives us the grace and the strength to keep going in that struggle and arrive at the point where we can see his light, even in the darkest darkness. That's been my experience too, that God, when he begins a healing, it's more of a process. There's a point in which God intervenes, and then I have to participate with that. I have to say yes to that. I have to say, what, what's the significance of that? And start applying it to all of my memories, to my ways of thinking, to the, my decision-making. And once, once I've let God influence all of that, over a period of time, I, I begin to heal. Uh, because a lot of the healing is just uh, wrong thinking. I believed the lies that somebody else told me or that I began to come to false conclusions because of the struggles of my life. And God wants to rebuild that, that narrative. He wants to show you a new foundation. You can trust me. I didn't leave you. I didn't abandon you. I didn't hurt you. I didn't even want this to happen. And I was there and I wanted to help. But the question really isn't, why didn't you? The question is, how can I help today? What can I do today? Can I let you, Lord, in more? And, and he says, yeah, let's work on this together. I remember a point in spiritual direction when we started talking about, I think it was when I had started EMDR, and we were talking about how we could see that what was happening as I was going through this therapeutic process, but doing it in a, with Jesus in a prayerful way with a Catholic psychologist, that he was beginning to, the words used, he was sanctifying my memories. He wasn't just healing my brain. He wasn't just healing me. He was actually sanctifying those memories. And when I think about that, it's like, what one of the things we talked about was how when a flashback would come or a memory would come up was looking for christ like not getting focused on the darkness but asking him where were you in this moment show me where you were how were you at work in this how are you going to bring good he promises to bring good from everything beauty from all the ashes so show me and i think of it as i had a new conversation starter then after that session of spiritual direction to start instead of looking at it and saying, why did you let this happen? How am I ever gonna overcome this? You know, It was, show me where you were. Show me the good that together, working together, the good that you and I are gonna bring out of this. And that began to change it, that shift in the way that I actually prayed, the way that I spoke to God. You know, there's a lot of mystery in the, in the whole process and in our lives. And God tends to tell us what we need to do. And so he, he asks us, what is it that you want from me? And then we, we come up with all these questions like, well, why didn't you do what I wanted? And he says, well, I tell you what, I'll tell you what you need to know. And you'll have to trust me on the rest. And so there's a lot that I don't know. I don't know how many angels there are. I don't know why Jesus had to die to save my sins, only that it did save my sins. I do not know why this and why that. He didn't tell me. But what he did tell me, I believe, really does make a difference. And so this is part of the way we tell our own stories, is we don't tell every detail. I mean, it would kind of be a boring story if I had to tell you everything I ate and, and every haircut I got and things like that. Uh, we get to the point where we say, this is the important information you need to know to bring you to where we need to be. And that's exactly how God does it. And so we tell our own story without all the details of the darkness, only that you know. Darkness is there. And then let me tell you about the light, because that's what you really need to know. Yeah, and knowing that he is with us, he's with us even in the darkness. If we only have the eyes to see. We talk a lot about St. Francis de Sales and St. Jane de Chantel. And I've been thinking about 
St. Francis de Sales is credited with the saying, bloom where you're planted. And I think about that when we choose to allow ourselves to be planted at the foot of Christ's cross with Mary standing there at the foot of the cross, that this is where hope blooms eternally and perpetually, always. Anything, anything that we are experiencing, he has already experienced. And so if we keep ourselves planted with him at the foot of that cross, then hope can bloom from everything that we go through. And there is always light and there is always hope there at the foot of his cross. Good one. As a spiritual exercise, you might want to think about the way of the cross. Whenever we think about the way of the cross, we put on the mind of Jesus. We experience the pain he experiences, but within that is already a love. You know he could have ended it. He could have just clicked his finger and fire from heaven and all that kind of stuff. But he endured that because he loved us. He endured this because somehow it was saving us. Somehow it was helping us. You know what we never do? We never really put on the mind of the guy who's putting the, the nails in his hand. You know, we, we don't really think about what was he thinking in that day. Why? Because it's not important. So it's very important when we're walking through our own lives that we don't put on the wrong mindset to go into the dark thinking of somebody that's not going to help you anyway. Put on the mind of Christ. And it might be within the cross itself, but see him there. See him within that. And don't put on the mindset of the other characters of our life that will just take us down the wrong path that leads to nowhere. Yeah, that's good. A thought that comes back to me that has helped me so much in my healing too is to, to look back, to think about the truth. You know, one of my favorite prayers was, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine. And to see that in everything that God allows, that it's the purpose, if we allow it to, is an opportunity to become more Christ-like. And isn't that what he said to us? That if you want to follow him, to pick up your cross and be like him. And so if we, that's another way to shift our perspective. You know, but we have to take that on. You know, he doesn't force us to carry our cross. He doesn't force us to become more like him. But we can choose that. And that, to me, is empowering also. I can't control what other people do and say. I can't even control what they do and say that might hurt me. But if interiorly I'm united with Christ at the foot of his cross or in the carrying of the cross, then I can, whatever is coming at me can make me more Christ-like instead of taking me back down into the mud of the darkness. And that's, that's a choice. And how empowering is that? To take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, that he gives us the power of a sound mind and the ability to love and to think like that is all grace, mm -hmm. that we can make that choice. That is. We can choose him. Sometimes we struggle in our relationships here on earth with finding ways to love each other. You know, it's like trying to figure out, what do I get my dad for Christmas? The guy got, he has everything. I don't know how to love you. And so how much more would that be for God Almighty? I mean, he's, he's in heaven. He's got everything. And if he wanted it, he would just click this one. You get it, right? So how do we love him? And he shows us within the opportunities of your life, that's how you can love me. And in some way, this must infuriate the tempter, the devil, because every single temptation of our life and every single suffering of our life can be then turned into a way that I love you, God. I choose you again. I choose you again. Every time I'm reminded, you don't have to follow God. You could go back down into anger. You could go back down in despair. But we say, Yet again, I choose you. And this is indeed what pleases the Lord. I just read that in St. Teresa of Avila last night. She says we should be thankful 
for those temptations and even for our little failings and weaknesses because those are the opportunities to prove our love to the beloved. For more resources and our consecration to Christ the Bridegroom, visit hopesgarden.com, the sanctuary where the spousal love of Christ the Bridegroom heals hearts, marriages, and families. You may also want to join our community powered by Mighty Networks. Download the Mighty Networks app and find us at Hope's Garden.